Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm still in praise life just a little longer. This has been changing my life. You know, I looked at Psalms the other day. I found this song. It's awesome. It's Psalms 136. The whole thing's about the Lord. Bless the Lord. We don't have to go there. Well, let's go to Psalms 136.1. Let's go there. That'll help them. The whole Psalm is about blessing the Lord. Isn't that awesome? Praise the Lord. It's only, it's 20, literally 26 verses. Every single ending is for his mercy endure forever. 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 20, 20, 26 verses end the same way. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good and his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks unto God. Because what? The God of gods. For his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords. For his mercy endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders. For his mercy endureth forever. 26 scriptures all ending. For his mercy endures forever. To him that stretched out his hand above the earth and waters. His mercy endureth forever. Don't even try to keep up with me. I'm skipping. And brought out Israel from among them. For his mercy endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea into parts. His mercy endureth forever. He don't stop. That's what I told you. What's our cry? For the Lord is good. And his mercy endureth forever. What does that do when I do that? It lifts my spirit to a whole other level of consciousness. It makes me, listen. You know, I tried to stay away from this, but I'm not going to do it. I don't think I'm going to be able to do it. Because we were talking about this. It's been in my crawl space a little bit. So let me get it out. The church is so out of whack, it's literally prophetically pathetic. Because it's just like in left field. Okay? So... I don't want to get into all that because I'm going to get into tangent. I don't want to get in. But here is what we need to be doing to right this ship of your life. I don't know what everybody else does. That ain't my business. They're not my responsibility. I figured out this. If it's not my responsibility, I don't want to be over it and I don't want nothing to do with it. If God asks me, I'll do it. But like, look, you people are my responsibility. Everybody watching and everybody that's listening, you're my responsibility. So you are going to learn right. You ain't going to learn this nonsense, watered-down, Christianity goofiness. And I'm going to address something that some of you need to hear. Let me show you this one time because this is important. I felt like I didn't want to go here, but I'm going to go here because this is what I want you to know. Okay? I, had, I, got, I got a buddy. There was a great move of God happening in the church years back. Okay? And it was, it was really widely attended by the church world. Okay, this is years ago, so don't try to fit. What are you talking about? I ain't talking about nothing you can remember, trust me. But I'm going to give you a principle here that you need to hear about the God that you serve and the God you praise. Okay? So they went. Thousands of people, thousands of people showing up, and everybody in the body of Christ jumping up and down about what was taking place. And 
my buddy said, you know, I talked to my pastor, it was his pastor, and he said, what do you think about all this? What do you think about all this stuff going on in the body of Christ right now, in this movement? And he said, it's completely ridiculous. I never forgot this. And I said, why did he say it was completely ridiculous? This is very important. Don't you ever forget what I'm going to tell you. He said, the manifestations and the actions and the attitude and the language and the culture was pulling God down to man's level and not man rising up to God's level. I never forgot that because here's the problem. Oh, we got to act like, no, you got to act like God. That's who you act like. Anything that pulls me into humanity is alive from the pit of hell and it's demonic. Okay? And now I know what you're going to tell you. Well, you know, you got a handful of people and people got thousands of people. Let me explain something about thousands of people. There was thousands of people at this sideshow nonsense. If you're looking at the body of Christ and you're pulsing spirituality based upon the, the, the things we see, you're out of your mind. You got no sense. This, just because there's a, bunch, there's a bunch of people go to the zoo, okay? Leave it alone. You have to rightly divide truth. So when you see, well, can my pray? Yes. Can praying in tongues? Yes. Can reading the word? Yes. Do not step down to humanity to try to understand God. Lift yourself in consciousness to what God is by going up. God will never come into man's image and likeness to reveal himself. He will stay in his, him, his, his image and likeness and get you to transform from your image and likeness to be like him. That's called glorified state. God does not come down. The scripture that best explains it is in Romans. It says, why would you what? Pull God down. You're supposed to lift yourself up to be like him. So that's what I'm saying. So I want you to understand that. Why? So when you understand that praising God lifts my spirit, it takes me out of a natural human perspective and puts me in a God understanding like never before. That's why praise is so important when you walk through life. It helps me sense his presence. Remember we talked about that? Man, I don't feel God. I just had a text this morning. I don't feel God. Well, I said, well, don't worry about feeling God. The key to it is this, is that whether you feel God or not, it's not about feeling him. You can get in his presence by worshiping him. The Bible says, praise the Lord. He inhabits the praises of his people, right? So now watch this one. And we talked about last time was um, uh, it enlarges the way I see him. But this one's big. Write this down. Praising God reveals solutions to problems in my life that I could not see before. Just write that down for all my note takers. Praising God reveals solutions to the problems, the circumstances, the things of life I could not see before. And that is really, um, man. And you see that in Psalm 73, Psalm 73, 16 and 17. David explains it um, pretty good. Because he said, when I got in the sanctuary, I straightened out my head. When I, when I thought... Um, what, right? When he said, and, and this is big, 16 and 17. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Obstacle. 
until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood their end. What was he saying? It wasn't just the people. He had problems, but once you start praising God, guess what it starts doing? It starts showing you solutions you didn't know you had. Paul and Silas are a great example of this. They're in, they're in shackles. They're in the prison, right? But what did they do? They praised the Lord. My God in heaven. And when they praised the Lord, what did they do? All of a sudden, an angelic presence started happening. Woo! And the Holy Ghost showed up, right? So if you need guidance, you need a solution, you need to problem solve, you got a brand new focus uh, uh, that's, um, you know, a problem that's taking your focus, man, and you said, man, I prayed, I did this. How about just lift your hands in the air and shout to God, thank you, Father. Thank you. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. You see that in Psalm, you want to see it? Psalms 45, 5 and I'm sorry, Psalms 42, 5 and 6. Psalms 42, 5 and 6. He shows you how to get out of that rut. Some of you in a rut, right? Look at this. Oh, yeah. Psalms 42. Glory to God. 42 is for you. Psalm 42 is for you. Come on, 5 and 6. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for him. Praise him for the help of his countenance. Oh, my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, will I remember thee from the land of Jordan? What is he saying? I'm going to remember you. You got to praise him anyway. Man, I like that. Reveal solutions I could not see. So maybe right on the other side of your praise is the answer to your questions. You say, Pastor Chris, man, what do you mean by that? Well, it reminds you of how good God is and the blessings of God. Often when you think about these big problems you got, that's all you can think about. You can't even change your focus. Worship helps me. That's what I told you a long time ago. Remember I said, worship helps you focus on God. So if you got a problem right here, like just say this iPad was the problem. Oh, where am I going to get the money? Oh, how's he going to fix this marriage? Oh, what's this kid going to do? What are you 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 going to do? I worship you, Jesus. See, my, my intention's not here no more. It's here. I worship you, Jesus. I magnify your holy name. Well, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Usually what happens when we got problems? Focus on the negative. What happens when we got stuff going on? Focus on the negative. But praise helps me remember who God is in the midst of every situation you go through in life. And it also opens the door to protection. Remember we seen that in 2 Chronicles? Jehoshaphat, a couple weeks ago on Sunday. Wow. Remember that one? These nitwits are trying to fight him and destroy him. Jehoshaphat's like, I don't know what to do. I'm freaking out, man. Next time you get in a battle, get your praise on. And he sent the singers. Right? He sent the singers down there. Man, what's singing going to do in a fight? What's shouting at a wall going to do? Look at Jesus. He, he, God is unorthodox in his means of doing things. So if you try to follow the script of, of, of um, I want to say sanity, you know, man, like this don't make no sense. Well, guess what? You're in trouble, man, because the things got, go to the end of the water and touch the, with the rod, Red Sea parts, man. I don't know about you, bro, but that's a little wild. You know, like, I'd be like, hey, can we just like, you know, can we do it like this? 
No, not God. God does it where God does it in an, in an impossible fashion so you could see it's him. And no, man, you know, I was, I was talking to somebody the other day and God touched them Sunday in church, like really shook them to the core. And I was like, nobody can take, you could tell people all day long God is good. You could tell people all year long God is real. You could tell people God, this, God, but until God touches you and you have that experience or you see God move or his hand moves, man, ain't nobody gonna take that away from you. Nobody's taking that away from you. So you got to realize that, that when you praise God, you know, it, 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 does, it does stuff to you that, you know, I said something though last time we were in this series, and I liked it. You got to choose to worship over worry. You know what I mean? That's a good one. You got to choose to worship over worry because, man, this thing ain't for like, you know, I'm worried. Well, you got to worship. I'm freaking out. You got to worship. You know what I mean? Sometimes you think like Christianity, man, this ain't for like people that are like, well, you know, they didn't tell me fight the good fight of faith. You better, you know, you're going to face opposition. You're fighting faith to hang on. Right. So, so don't, don't let fear put you in this thing. Like I'm afraid. Okay. Chill out. Maybe you're a little nervous. Maybe you don't know what's up, but don't get in fear. Worship God and he'll eradicate the fear because perfect love casts out fear. You know this stuff. But I'm telling you, man, nobody likes the suffering part. I'm suffering. Well, you better get ready to suffer because Jesus told you you're going to suffer. And when I say suffer, you know, you're going to suffer for righteousness. You're going to suffer to do the right thing. And it seems like everybody that's not doing the right thing is getting away with it, but they're not. You know, because they try to they try to mess you up. Don't worry. Worship. Don't panic. Pray. Focus on God. Something comes to oppose your faith. Know this thing. This fight of faith, your belief system, is a fiery child coming to test you. Pass the test. Don't let go. I told somebody that the other day. I said, man, don't worry about it. Ignore the devil. After you release your faith, after you pray, after you bind him, after you put him in his place, then just go live life. And tell him, shut up. You know what I mean? Like, I ain't, I ain't going there, devil. I bind you in Jesus' name. Don't be putting your security in anything but God. Why? You know, but you ask, you ever ask, well, why am I worrying? Right? It's probably like a bunch of people worrying about something. Right? Well, I'm worried. Well, you know what it is? Worry, and I've, I've felt like this. If I'm worrying about something, my focus ain't on God. The minute my focus gets on God, I stop worrying. So I don't worry about nothing. It's, 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 it's a direct, it's in, it's, it's a, it's indirect proportion based upon focus. Cause if I'm focused on God, how am I going to worry? If I'm focused on God, how am I going to get afraid? If I'm focused on God, how am I going to get in this stuff? And I had to beat that stuff in the early days because I didn't know how to fight. And man, I'll tell you what, fear was trying to come get me. What are you going to do? I said, well, now, and now I tell fear, shut up. You know, God, is God worried about anything? Nah, bro. Is God freaking out? No. So stop this worry habit you picked up because, you know, oh, you know, it's part of my human nature to worry. All right, be quiet. Stop worrying. Re recognize, recognize that your focus is messed up. Now, look, I'm not going to tell you we all don't have that in inclination to worry. 
I don't want you to feel like you're not broken, man. You're normal. But don't sit there all day wringing out your hands, staying up at night. What am I going to do? Don't worry about it. God will do. You do your part. God will do his. Take these, take, turn your worries into worship. Take your cares, turn them into prayers. Do that stuff. I'm telling you, man. What did Jehoshaphat do, right? He's like, I'm freaking out. He's afraid. He went to the Lord. He fasted and prayed. He asked God. God got a prophetic word. Prophetic word was what? What did he tell him? You were in church. If you don't remember, I'll tell you. Maybe you didn't get it. He said what? He said, don't worry about it. Just go down to the edge of the battle. You ain't going to have to fight. What do you mean you ain't going to have to fight? These fire armies are coming against me. They want to fight. You ain't going to have to fight. The battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. How did he get the answer? Was, was Jehoshaphat afraid? Yes, he was. What did he do with his fear? Freaked out, stood up all night long, tripping. No, he went and inquired of the Lord. After he inquired of the Lord, he declared a fast. Why did he fast? Because he knew he had to hear clear quick. It wouldn't be a bad idea for you to fast a little bit if you need a big answer. I'm not saying days, but he separated himself from the only reason why separating yourself from food and socializing in a minute for a moment, it, it clarifies your hearing. It does, you know, everybody tries to use that one scripture like, oh, this could not come out by prayer and fasting, the devils. I don't really believe you could take the one scripture and go, that's a doctrine of fasting. No, really what it was, was every time you fast, you get better clarity of who God is and who you are in Christ. So what I think that whole thing was about with the disciples, really just off the top of my head, this is my own personal opinion because it's only one scripture in the Bible about it. I think what it was was not like, oh my God, you fast and you're going to have great strength. Jesus um, will show you that fasting 40 days and 40 nights in the garden did not produce great strength. It produced great discernment. Like, he came out, he was weak. What did the devil do? He said, hey, man, he's tempted him. Turn that bread, turn that stone into bread because you're weak. He, he, went, he didn't come out and, I bind you, devil. I break your power. Come out of here, Lucifer. No, what it did was it gave him great discernment to make the right response to the enemy. So when the, Jesus fasted 40 days, right, and 40 nights, right? Nobody's probably fasted more than that out of the disciples. You don't see anything in the Bible, right? When Lucifer himself showed up, if, if fasting produced this big spiritual power, why didn't Jesus just say, I bind you, get out of here, nitwit? Great question, ain't it? What did he do? He discerned the moment and responded properly because his channel of hearing was clear because he wasn't burdened with flesh. And he said, Hey, Jesus, if you are the son of God, an identity crisis that the enemy wanted to see in Jesus, he would not go there. He said, oh, no, I'm not tempting the Lord thy God. It is written. So the fasting that we see that Jesus did produced the proper response to the enemy's attack. I think what the whole thing was about there was same thing. If the disciples would have been fasting and praying, they would have had clarity on how to handle the situation and they probably would have cast the devil out. It wasn't about spiritual strength, I don't think. My own opinion, I told you this, because when Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was not spiritually strong. The Bible says he was weak 
and he came in his weakness and the enemy said, now I got him, he's weak. Let me attack him now. And what did he do? He said, it is written. So your fasting and your praying is about clarity. I don't believe it's about strength. So you can hear clear in proper decision-making in the moment and especially in pressured moments. So Jehoshaphat declares a fast, correct? And gets what? Answers prophetically, right? Wasn't it Jehaziel or one of those guys like that, however you say his name? I don't know why I couldn't just call these guys Tom, Bob, and Steve. It would have been a lot easier for me. I think I screw them all up. I botch them up so bad, it's probably brutal, but whatever. But the other day, somebody said demonical, and I got all excited about it because I don't even know if that's a word, but I loved it, and I'm using it. It's demonical, right? So I was cool. So I was here, and I was thinking about this, and I'm not making fun. It's just like, I don't know, man. Why? Where did he come up with these names? All right, these places, right? So you sit here and you go, okay, for clarity's sake, he gets the answer from the Lord, and now he knows how to do it, and then he's what? He's clear in his decision, and now he has what? The ability to take the steps. He goes to the edge of the battle. He doesn't have to fight. Come on, man. What are you talking about? Don't go to the edge of the battle and don't fight. This don't make no sense. No, you're going to see the Lord come through, and they all destroyed one another right before his eyes. So that's just how I'm saying. So what does Jehoshaphat remind me and you about? God's going to help you, man. It might be unorthodox. I told you this a long time ago. God, I love this terminology I use because sometimes these things come in my head and this is how I say it. God would do the miraculous trapped within the ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You cannot, this is crazy. Crazy. Can you imagine standing, like just picture today. We got like, you know, like the United States military, we got these carriers with, you know, stealth bombers and all this stuff. And this is like what it would be like. Go down there and uh, just lift your hands in there and say, praise the Lord and watch. I'd be like, yeah, okay. That's what it's equivalent to. God doing the miraculous trapped within something totally ridiculous. This is ridiculous, God. Well, just do what I tell you. So getting sensitive. So stop worrying. Spend more time in prayer. Remember who God is, remember what he can do, and remember no matter where you're at, he can handle what you're facing, right? But that's a big one. But I'm going to tell you, man, um, let's look at this 1 Peter, because this is big. 1 Peter 3, 14, and we'll close with this. Because a lot of people don't understand this stuff, and I, I, and, I, and I want you to see this. But God explains, right? But and if you suffer for righteousness, he said you're going to suffer for doing the right thing, man. Happy are you. Right? And be not afraid of their terror, nor be troubled. But sanctify the Lord your God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you of the reason why you have this hope, that you keep it with meekness and in fear. Having a good conscience, that whereas they speak evil of you as evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse you and your good conversation in Christ. For it is what? Better if the will of God be so that you suffer for well-doing than for doing evil. For Christ, look at 18, for Christ also hath once suffered for our sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. You see what I'm saying? So you understand why. We're suffering for righteousness, man. Don't say you're not going to suffer. I went to church one time. It was the funniest thing in the world. The guy didn't want to read First Peter where it says suffer a while. Well, what do you think, man? What, that's a bill of goods you shouldn't be selling. You're going to suffer. You're going to weep. 
you're going to go through, but as long as you can hang on, you're going to come out the other side. I'd rather you tell me the truth, man. Just tell me, Pastor Chris, I don't lie. So here's the deal. You're going to go through some stuff. You're going to go through some hard seasons. You're going to go through some tough stuff. You're going to go through grief. You ain't going to understand. You're going to go through pain. You don't get it. But guess what? As long as you can hang on and hold on and say what God said. No matter what, you're going to come out the other side. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for these guys. Bless them. Keep them. Watch over them. Let them walk in strength. Let them walk in hope. Let them walk in praise. Let them walk in worship. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said amen and amen and amen. Praise the Lord. I want to see you Friday night. It's the rallies. Check out these announcements. It's not too late. Get in. We're going to the rallies. You might have won. And if you win and you don't show up, I'm taking your trophy. Praise the Lord. I'm swapping your name out. putting mine on there. Come on out to the rallies Friday night. I can't wait to see you and celebrate you. I love you. And check out these announcements. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.